Thank you for tuning in to the 192nd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or any podcasting app you are listening to me via. Going to have a great show for you today. Going to have my boy, my brother, my main man, Scotty. Scotty from the city, Johnson, straight out of Cleveland, Ohio. Going to have him on the pod Going to talk about what's been going on in the bubble in terms of basketball, uh, NBA-related stuff. Also going to get into the fact that Scotty was right, I was wrong about our NBA first team, second team, third team. Particularly, the names that come to mind are Devin Booker and Damian Lillard, who showed out. So I'm going to give Scotty some credit for that, and we're going to have all that. Cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my brother. We haven't had him on since the controversial moments of our NBA first team, second team, and third team, which he did prove me wrong. By the way, I have to give you some love for that. My bro, Scotty Johnson. How you doing, Scotty? I'm doing good, bro. Appreciate the the introduction, bro. How are you? I'm doing good now, Scotty. So... Last time I had you on the podcast, we did our All-NBA team, so I have to give you some pub for this. So you had Damian Lillard on your first team. Yep. You you can gloat about that, Scotty. Just explain why you had him on again, just in case we have new listeners or people that didn't hear your rationale before. Because I had LeBron as my first team point guard. What made you pick Dame for your first team? I mean, for what everybody else has been seeing, you know, these past few games, even, like, coming into the playoffs and before the playoffs, like, he's been, you know, that that long range jumper he always tells people like his ability to shoot the long range at a consistent rate, like from forty basically, and his ability to score like. And the crazy thing about it is Portland, they're, I feel like their team complements each other so much. They have they have a combination of size and like shooters, and they're all athletes. So like. I just feel like it complements Dame's game even more. Even though he has to put up like his like the numbers he has to put up, he still has like complimentary help around. Like he still has like a great like supporting cast around him. But like the reason I had him on my first team though is because like his ability to score, he was averaging about twenty about like what, twenty six, twenty seven before the bubble. And then even when he got to the bubble, been averaging like four like least forty, so He's a he's a real deal. He's next level for sure. Were you surprised yourself how well Dame played in the bubble? Because he took it up another level. Um, yeah, a little bit, kinda, yeah, kinda like a little bit, not really though, because I've seen Dame drop fifty in the playoff game and win off a of buzzer beater. Like I've seen him drop sixty. Like it's he's playing like just you know like. I feel like the only difference is the games just matter more. And he's, like, stepping up to the plate. 
But as far as like the numbers, like I've seen her put up these type of numbers before. It's just like the the time frame and, and with everything that's going on, you know, like these games matter. He's like he stepped up to the plate. And people were kind of talking about this a little bit. Even uh, Kenny the Jet Smith tried to say that uh, he has better range than Steph, which Steph tweeted him back, and Steph was like, nah. How would you compare? Do you think we could make the argument, like, could I make the argument Damian Lillard is better than Steph Curry as the best point guard in the NBA? Like, is that an argument right now? Yeah, yeah, that's a legit argument for some. I would, I would say, yeah, some people will argue that. Would you take Damian over Steph? I probably wouldn't. I'd probably still take Steph for what he can, like, you know, do. And what he like provide, like what he brings to the offensive table. So I, I probably take Steph more, but I wouldn't like I wouldn't go wrong with Damian Lillard neither, though. So can't go wrong either. Or. Now, also the really interesting thing about Damian Lillard, and I've been thinking about this is, and to go to Kyrie for a minute. To me, what Damian Lillard is for his career, I feel like that's kind of what Kyrie wanted in his own evolution, kind of to be the guy on a team that goes to the playoffs consistently. Uh, the you know make a conference finals in there, and that just hasn't happened, and it just kind of makes me think. Did you would you say that Damian Lillard is? Would you agree with that? Like like that, Damian is kind of Kyrie's ideal scenario. In that regard, it's kind of, but Kyrie's scenario not that bad neither. You know, like I feel like they both are just on different teams and different conferences, and like you know. Everything happened, like, differently, you know, like, LeBron ended up coming back. Name ended up, you know, like, ended up going to the playoffs every year, but barely getting out the, like, barely making it to the second round. Like, they got, they made it to the conference finals. Name got drafted in 2012, and he just now made it to the conference finals, what, last season? Yeah. So, like, you know, things take time, and, like, certain players go through, like, different, like, you know, moments in their career, like, by the time, Ky- like, Kyrie, what, 26, 27, he was a champion by the time he was, like, 24. So, like, I guess, you know, like, everything happens differently. But I feel like they're, I feel like, because honestly, I feel like they're the same type of players, kind of. Like, I feel like there's nothing that Kyrie, that Dame does that Kyrie can't do. And I feel like there's stuff Kyrie does that Dame can't do. So, I feel like they're kind of similar. But I said, yeah, I say nah. It's just like they, you know, they went through different, different scenarios. Now the really interesting, and I, uh, I, I got into a Facebook argument, Scotty, and really quickly, I do have to ask you this. I made the statement that I said, "What has Kyrie ever done in the NBA besides those four games in 2016 against the Warriors, where he thoroughly outplayed a two-time MVP and Steph Curry, a unanimous MVP that year?" And I said. Kyrie peaked for those four games. That was the highest achievement, the highest level he ever reached. And of late, we've known him for being the guy that just says crazy stinks. Am I out of bounds for saying that, Scotty? Am I off? I mean, no, I've been injury prone, though. You know, Kyrie's always been injury prone his, his whole career. I don't even think he played a full season yet. Because, like, during the first, when the NBA started, not the bubble, but the regular season started, back in 2019 he was averaging like 45 points in like the first like seven games so like that's i feel like when healthy when he's 100 percent, he's he's has that capability but like i said i don't think he had the teammates that damian other had 
But even like his first year in Boston, like they got their seed and be mostly because of the games they won with Kyrie Irving. He ended up going down, you know, towards the end. But they got to the playoffs because of him, how the way he played well, you know, leading up to that. And then the second year, they just happened to lose to a, a good Milwaukee team. But I just felt like, yeah, he's just injury prone. He's never had, like, the full support guys until, you know, those three years in Cleveland with the Browns. Some people would say just Kyrie's just an a-hole, Scotty. You could just say that. Yeah, but <laughs> probably off the court, but we talk about off the court. We talk about basketball. Okay, so now we have to go to Devin Booker, the other guy. And, Scott, I think I remember when you had Devin Booker on your third team. Did I laugh at you, Scotty? You kind of did. You ain't even give my man honorable mention. My feelings were I did. And, and I remember I said Devin Booker isn't a winning player. I think I did say that. And, they, and the Suns were 8 0, too. I, they, they did. Uh, I, I'm shocked. Uh,. Devin played really well. Uh, props off to him. Uh, one of the best young stars in the game. How, how did you feel, Scotty? Kind of proving me wrong with uh, how how Devin played because I do not think Dame, uh, that Devin Booker will actually be on the NBA one of any of the All NBA teams. But I think if they had their ballots after the bubble, he would have been. So, just how validated do you feel about the fact that you were kind of ahead of the curve? Oh, excuse me. I mean, I, I've i been watching Devin Booker, you know, since he was his freshman year at Kentucky, his only year at Kentucky, too. But he, i just been following. People forget he dropped 70 a couple of years ago. That's like the only player who's been close to dropping 100. There's only other one player who came close to that. He had 81. We all know who that is, God bless the dead. But I was just, you know, like, just watching it, just seeing, you know, and for the year he was averaging like 26. And it's ironic that they went 8 and 0, but they weren't, they didn't get, you know, a buy, a play in spot for that AC, for that AC. And I feel like they deserved it, but, you know, it is what it is. But they, Devin Booker is definitely one of the top, one of the best scorers, and probably top three scorers. I argue top three scorers at his position. So, Scotty, we're in the heart of the NBA playoffs, the first round. How has it been having playoff basketball for you, Scotty? Um, it's been great. You know, I've been watching. You get a chance to watch all these great teams compete against each other. Like with Denver, Utah, that's been a great series, watching them compete. You got um, the Miami series, even though it's 2 0. I still like that series. I think that Indiana got a chance to, you know, win two in a row in time. But it's just, and there's other series too. I want to, I'm gonna touch on, but it's just feel great having the playoffs back as a whole. You know, I get to watch basketball again, and it gives you, it gives a different vibe too because it's not typical like basketball. You know, they're not in the arena with fans. They're at like, a, it's like AAU ball kind of. Do you think the home court it's, matters? It's enjoyable basketball. Say that again. Do you think the home court matters? Uh, yeah. I think some players really feed on that. I think that's why, because I don't know about you, but a lot of teams, especially like today, the last two games, that Lakers game and that Orlando, not yeah, Orlando Milwaukee game, they were missing a lot of shots. And even in the Houston game, they were missing like a lot of shots. And I think that like a lot of players really feed on like that crowd from the energy, like it, like that it 
goes hand to hand. That's why home court, you know, event like the home court advantage plays a role in what and and what they, you know, during the season because players and teams really feed off that. So I think it plays a huge role. Do you think and it's really interesting because I do have to ask you. So, what has been the series for you that's been like the most exciting? Oh, uh, probably the Denver and the Utah series. Honestly, because out of the Mitchell dropped fifty-seven the first game, then came back and dropped thirty. Nobody's talking about that, but everybody's talking about Luka Doncic. You know, he's gonna say he scored seventy points in his first two playoff debuts. His first two, you know, playoff games. Ain't nobody do that since Kareem. But nobody's talking about Donovan Mitchell dropping 57 and scoring 30 the next game. That's 87 points. No, yeah, that's 87 points. That's it, 87 points in two games. But that, that series has definitely been entertaining for me. And probably the Clippers and the Mavericks series, that series has been good as well. But, and those, I would say those are the two series I've been to the most. Is Donovan Mitchell the best player nobody talks about? Because I feel like, right, Oklahoma City, everybody always talks about, like, the impact Chris Paul's made. We all we all know people talk about LeBron, AD, they talk about Giannis, yeah. uh, Harden, Westbrook, like, but even Booker. Did Devin Booker got his time to shine in, in the bubble. Damian Lillard got his time to shine. Everybody loves Luka Doncic, but nobody talks about Donovan Mitchell. And when I watch Donovan Mitchell play, I don't want to evoke his name, but he reminds me of... That that guy that played in Miami that wore number three, uh-huh. D-Wade, right. I, he gets to the hole. He can pass, and his three point shot is coming along. He's not a bad three point shooter. Like he, I, I think Donovan Mitchell is very very good. Would you say he's the most underrated guy? Yeah, or if not one of the most underrated. Definitely, I agree with everything most of everything you just said because. I feel like it's the team, too, he plays on. Like, they, by by them being in the West, you know, all you hear is about the Lakers and the Clippers and Houston. You don't really hear about, and you hear more about Denver than you do about Utah, but I feel like that that plays a part in it. But he's definitely one that I would consider him one of the most underrated players in the bubble right now. Because what he's doing, under at a he's undersized, too. He's an undersized shooting guard, bro. And he's a scorer. And, like, his shooting, like you said, got better and improved. And he's only going to go up. So, I think eventually he's going to be considered one of the probably the best shooting guards in the league once he hit a stride. But I definitely, yeah, say he's one of the underrated, most underrated players. I mean, for God's sake, Scotty, people were talking about Michael Porter Jr. more than Donovan Mitchell in the bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even Bo Bo, too. <laughs> that, like... <laughs> Nobody wants to give Donovan any love. Now, what has been, like, the series that shocked you? Like, I have to get... So, what was your reaction after the Magic beat the Bucks in Game 1? Oh, I was... Whoa, I was shocked. I was like, whoa. I thought Milwaukee was going to come out and play how they did today in Game 1. But, you know, they probably, you know, going in a little bit cocky. They thought they, it was going to be easy. But Orlando beat Toronto. They played Toronto in the first round last year, too, and they beat Toronto that first game, so... End up losing the next four in a row, so it could happen. But I was, I was definitely surprised, bro. I was like, yo, I didn't know what to, you know, what to expect. I didn't know what was going on. Like they should have came out and played how they did today. But some teams, you know, they hit their strides different. Guys, playoff basketball—that's the beauty of it, bro. Like they still got, you know, 
four, five, six more games to play. Be like, give me on a scale of one to ten. If Milwaukee played the Heat in a seven-game series, what's your concern level that the Heat could beat them? Because because they have, like I said, they have three guys that can all guard Giannis. Like they can throw none at him. They can throw Jimmy Butler at him. They can throw Bam at him. Uh, and we know Eric Bledsoe's a no-show in the playoffs. I mean, but he did stepping up though. He, he was stepping up. He stepped up last year. They just lost to a better team. They just lost to a better team. But my level, as far as my le- as my level of concern, on a, on a scale of one to ten, I'd say probably about a probably about a five. Because just because they're gonna throw, I feel like by them throwing different defenders, that's gonna help slow them down. But it's not gonna slow them down. For them to beat, for them to beat them. They're gonna have to guard those shooters, because Milwaukee has shooters too. They have Kyle Korver, Pat Connington, Dante DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Wesley Matthews, Brook Lopez, even Brook Lopez. Like they have shooters, and like, and that's what makes Milwaukee so scary. They have, and same as Miami, they have a great bench, but I think Milwaukee's like more shooters are more like more big time performers, if that makes sense. Like in the clutch. I think Miami got a lot of young players who, you know, they gonna, it's going to take time. Maybe not this year, maybe next year, but nah. I said five, so yeah, I said five. So, Scotty, I'm under the impression now that the Houston Rockets are the most dangerous team in the NBA because here, here's my thing with them. Okay. They have a commitment to playing their style, and it's something that I don't think any other team has. Like, we see the Lakers, like – Anthony Davis, you know, will just shoot fall away jumpers the whole time and not necessarily get in the post and they won't necessarily do the things that are most optimal for them to win. But I think it's because the Rockets, they're so small, they know what they have to do. Like, and it's like everybody knows what they're going to do and they do it not always to perfection, but they have a commitment like this is the way we're going to play. Russ, you do not shoot jump shots. You just attack the rim. James. You go one-on-one, you get a bunch of fouls because the refs are stupid, and you hit step-back threes. Uh, P.J. Tucker, corner three. Uh, House, corner three. Like, all these guys, they know their role, and they know what they're supposed to do. And they're all guys that at one point in their career have been underdogs, and they play like it. Like, they are tough. And uh, I- I'm just loving the Rockets, and I think they can be a really dangerous team. What do you think about that? Um, You're right. They have a lot of underdogs. They got a lot of dogs in general. I was watching the game today with a friend of mine, and that's what they were saying, especially on defense. I feel like their defense been underrated too, like especially with James Harden. A lot of people were saying he can't play defense, but he's been stepping up to like to the plate. When guarding their best, other teams' best players, their worst players, like he's been everywhere. And I think that, like you said, like that's making a point of emphasis on how they play. Like they don't change their style for nothing, and they, you see it works. They take gambles, they take high risks, and usually work out for them. But I think that that's a that's a team that that can really like that's one of the teams that can shake some. And what I mean by that is they can honestly throw off the Lakers and the Clippers and make it to the finals. But because even by them not having the big, it kind of works in their favor so much based on how the way they play. It it opens up so much for Russell Westbrook and James Harden and. Like you said, like they they make that a point. Like they don't change up their style for nothing. So 
I definitely think that they're they're like a they're a sneaker team. I think they can sneak. They can. They got the chance to sneak one. And and, and they know who they are, Scotty. Like Scotty, yeah. they, they they know that they are going to lose the rebounding battle. Like I think they lost the rebounding battle against Oklahoma City today. Like they know they are going to get re- out rebounded every time they play. Like, and they're like, we have to shoot at least fifteen more threes. Like, and we have to play this way to win. And this, and it's crazy because they have they got shooters. Like they and they can play like that, bro. Like think about it, they have a lot of shooters. And it's not even like, and I ain't even gonna say like dead eye shooters. They just have knockdown. They have knockdown shooters, like people that can shoot, players that can shoot, that don't probably shoot well, but they can knock down like clutch shots or like you know big time shots. But they do have like a couple shooters too. They do have snipers too. But I think yeah, I think that I think they can. I think they can. They can probably sneak one. But I don't know, bro. I. The Lakers and the Clippers, bro. Like that's it's so much. It's so much like weight to that to that matchup, bro. I would love to see Houston in it too, though. Scotty, the, the the funny thing is in the West, the Rockets are the only team that's up 2-0, and they're without their second best player. <laughs> and they won convincingly both games, so yeah. it says a lot about them. I, I mean, Denver and Utah is one one. Lakers Blazers 1-1, Mavericks Clippers 1-1. And let me re- let me mention this again. They're doing this without Russell Westbrook. There's a lot about him. Hopefully when he come back, he's just going to add fuel to the fire and they're going to be even more better when he comes back. So, what the hell is going on, Scotty, with the Lakers and the Blazers? Like this has just been a weird series with them, right? The one eight, like it's just been a weird series. I think they came out how the Bucks came out, you know, like similar to how the Bucks came out. They thought that you know they was gonna run over Portland in like that first game. They took them lightly, and they should have played how they played in game one today. I mean, they should have played how they get. Yeah, they should. They should have played in game one how they played today, because they, you know, today they came out with more energy. They were more physical. They weren't like you know letting them like take shots they were playing great defense they were feeding anthony davis he was able to play down low and you see what happens when he plays down low more but he was doing even everything because even once he got hot he started shooting more and then like it felt like he couldn't miss so i just felt like it's probably gonna go 4-1 but I, that's what i feel like happened that's probably why they lost that first game because that shit i feel like this should be 2-0 but you know any stuff happens Right now, Scotty, I think Portland, LA is going seven. You think it's going seven? You don't think so? Not no more. Nah. Really? Probably here's, five or six. Here's the yeah, thing: they played how the way they played today, bro. They don't have anybody that can stop Anthony Davis. That's but Brown only had ten points. But they here's the thing: that. Anthony Davis will st- can stop himself, like he did in Game One. <laughs> Nah, he's not going to do that again, bro. He's not going to do that for the rest of the series, bro. He's going to play like how the way he played for the rest of the series, bro. Uh, I don't know. All I'm saying is we also haven't seen a damn game yet. We haven't seen that damn game where he just drops 50. And I think... I don't, I don't think we're going to see it because he hurt his th- he hurt his finger. Well, then they're going to get the brooms out for the rest of the series. Uh, gen- uh, gentleman sweep. 
So there's no chance you think Portland can beat L.A.? None. Nah. Especially since they ain't hurt. Nah. Come on, Scotty. Come on. Now, I do still have to ask you this, right? So, how concerned would you be for the Clippers, Mavericks, and we talked a little bit about this before we did the podcast, uh, Dallas controlled game one, like... There was the Porzingis ejection. Luca was hurt at the beginning. It was a very weird game, and I kind of felt like the Clippers snuck one in game one. Like, they really shouldn't have won that game, but they just won anyway. And then Dallas just took it. How interesting do you think Luca and this whole uh, Dallas team... Because also, Tim Hardaway's like such a freak. We talk about underrated players, like underrated role players. Tim Hardaway's that. Like, I, I watched Tim Hardaway play, and I'm like, damn... That dude is really, really good. Uh, how much of a danger are the Clippers in? How much of a danger the Clippers are? I mean, the Mavericks are. Yeah. No, the Clippers to the Mavericks. Oh. Oh, how? Oh, how much they're in danger? Oh, I don't think they're in that much of a danger, bro. That much in danger, bro. I like because I feel like they they're on one of just like the same like as the Lakers. They're gonna turn it up like the intensity level, like as the like the games as they play more games and stuff. You know, like. I just feel like with the Clippers, it's hard for them to get, you know, to get, like, chemistry together because, like, a lot of they, – they didn't play together. Especially, like, in the like in the bubble, you know, Trez was gone. Lou Williams was suspended. Pat Bev was kept, you know, hurt, being hurt. They kept sitting, like, Paul George or Kawhi. So, they don't have, like, a chemistry, like, playing together with each other yet, like how Dallas does. That that Dallas score with the – addition of Porzingis play with play with each other the season before. So they have like an understanding of how each other play, you know. But the Clippers are more experienced all around. They got more depth. So I ain't too worried. Scotty, I have a question. What would you do if your teammate left the bubble to go get wings at a strip club? I mean, I'd be <laughs> mad. I'd be upset, but he's my teammate, so that's him. That's what he want to do. But I, def- I definitely be that type of player. Like I, I think you shouldn't have done that. Like for the, you know, for the sake of the team. But hey, so each his own. Some people got to do what they got to do. You don't know what people be going through in these times of, you know, global pandemics. Uh, there, there's been talks, Scotty, about uh, when the players can bring like wives, girlfriends, uh, kids, uh-huh. and there, how many uh, Instagram models are gonna be at the games. <laughs> Not too many. <laughs> no, 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 but I feel like that's a real fake, Scotty. How many side chicks are we going to see? That, I don't know. I, that, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who goes. I don't, I don't, I'm not into that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good man, Scotty. Okay, so, Scotty, give me five names, famous people that you would like to see because they have, like, this little thing where the fans can kind of watch the games virtually. Give me five virtual fans that you would want to see for a team. For one team? What you mean? Like just any individuals? Yeah. Who would be really good virtual fans? Like, probably Drake. Guy named Drake. Yeah. Drake could be one. Uh, Drake, Snoop. I'm trying to think of basketball fans. Will Smith. He's a basketball fan. Magic. Okay. 
probably uh, Michael Jordan. Oh, I thought you were going to say Trump. Nah, 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 nah. We, we can do without him. <laughs> Scotty. Okay, Scotty, on that note, thank you for coming on the pod, man. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me, bro. It's always a pleasure. And once again, I want to thank Scotty Johnson for coming on to this episode. The 192nd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. This one's for you. Yeah.